I thought I'd try out the pulpit this morning. See how that works. Let's pray. Grant us hearts faithful and generous enough to so love with abandon, trusting in your grace to grant a miraculous harvest. Hold me up, God, that I might lift you up. Amen. Hear now the gospel of Jesus Christ according to Matthew. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and he sowed. And as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil. And they sprang up quickly since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. That is what was sown on the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is in the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet such a person has no root but endures only for a while, and when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word, and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. This is the word of the Lord. I don't understand this sower. I mean, he doesn't seem very savvy to me. In fact, he seems a little bit careless. If you want to know the truth, I'm not sure he's quite right. And there's absolutely no method to his madness at all. He doesn't have any particular system for sowing his seed. He doesn't prepare the soil a single bit. I can only imagine how much of his seed actually goes wasted. He must not be very... He clearly was not familiar with the Great Depression. My granddaddy was 12 years old when the stock market crashed in October of 1929. And I'm not sure that that's the reason, but I know that if he had anything at all to do with it, he wasn't going to lose a single seed. My granddaddy's name was Clyde Bowles, and I loved him very much. I'm pretty sure I was his favorite. <laughs> and every year he planted a garden on seven acres of land in Rockingham, North Carolina, where he lived. Now, in Rockingham, the soil is very sandy, which has its advantages, but also has quite a few challenges. It doesn't hold moisture very well, doesn't 
hold nutrients very well, and it gets really hot on the surface. So if my granddaddy didn't watch it, the seeds might dry up, or if they managed to sprout, would burn up if they didn't have what they needed to thrive. So, and the other thing is, is that my granddaddy, for the most part, he tried to use seeds from the previous year's harvest, but most every year he had to supplement a little bit by purchasing additional seed, and that cost money. Which meant, to the best of his ability, he was going to stack the odds in his favor. So before he sowed his seed, my granddaddy did a whole lot of work to prepare the soil. He would layer various types of organic material on the surface, and then he'd go through and plow the whole bit, working it in so that it would add additional bulk that might help the soil to retain moisture and nutrients. Then he'd go back over the whole thing again, plow it using a different attachment to begin to form very neat and evenly spaced rows. And then right before he'd sow the seed, he moistened the soil just enough. And when it finally came time, my granddaddy wasn't about to just cast seed all over the place, wasting it. He wasn't careless about it at all. I mean, he placed the seeds at very precise intervals and pressed them down into a careful depth. I mean, he had tools that helped him do this, but still, it was fairly painstaking and extremely time-consuming. And even then, there was no guarantee that the seeds would grow into mature plants that would eventually yield the fruit and vegetables that he hoped for. Ultimately, he really had no control over the yield that these crops would produce. I mean, he carefully tended to his crop all year long, but ultimately, he had to rely a lot on hope and prayer, something that he did often. Last week, we talked about church growth. If you remember the number one answer to the question, what is your greatest hope for WUMC? One in three of those who responded to the questionnaire that I handed out said growth. We want what we sow to yield as many transformed lives as possible. If you remember, Jesus was worried about church growth too. He'd gone all over the countryside preaching to these huge crowds of people, teaching them, healing them, feeding them, exercising demons. He broadcast his message to any and everyone he met. And he even raised up others to carry the message beyond his reach. Just a couple of chapters ago, Jesus sent his disciples out to share the good news. Still, despite all his efforts, despite all the efforts of those he sent, people were just not responding, not in the numbers that he'd hoped for, and it broke his heart because Jesus loved people. He loved all people. I guess that's why he was so determined that the gospel would be sown in every single heart he encountered. I guess that's why he cast 
his seed so freely and extravagantly. And it also turns out that in Jesus' time, this was the way that fields were planted. The farmers in Jesus' time, they did take seed and cast it broadly over a large area. And then they would plow, which guaranteed that they were going to lose some seed. It was a fact of life. Jesus knew that no matter how broadly or how profusely he cast his seed, only a fraction of that seed would sprout. And then only a fraction of those sprouts would grow into mature plants, and only a fraction of those mature plants would eventually bear some sort of yield. The truth is, it's a a reality for us too, that we're going to lose some seed, no matter how carefully we prepare the soil, no matter how carefully we sow our seed. But what Jesus' parable wonders, what it asks is, why? I mean, why do some seeds sprout and grow and yield and others don't? I mean, it's the same seed, for crying out loud. The variable, Jesus notes, and Sam pointed out, is the condition of the heart. Some hearts receive the word, but they just can't make complete sense out of it. I mean, they don't understand what it is that they've received or how significant what they've received is. They don't get that this seed that Jesus sows in us, it's meant to become the center of our lives, the source of our lives. To understand as it's used here in this parable is more than just to take in some information and process it intellectually. It means that it should move into our bones and motivate our actions, that we should act consistently with the information that we've received. My husband James is a railroader. He's not here today because he's getting my younger daughter off on her mission trip this morning. He's driven freight freight trains for Union Pacific, and now he helps to manage the local rail here in Austin. One of the things that surprised me is that on a much more regular basis than I would have ever imagined, people get hit by trains, or they hit trains, Y'all, there are signs at railroad crossings, and there's flashing lights, and there's bells, ding, 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 that go off when you come to them. There's guardrails that come down, all meant to warn people there's a train coming. Now, many people see these signs, they hear the bells, and they understand. They get it. Now is not a good time to be on the tracks. I think I'll wait. But there are some people who they, they don't understand. For whatever reason, they don't fully get it. Either they are sure that they can beat the train, or they think the train has a much better braking system than it does. Somehow they completely disregard the information that they've been given, and they go for it. 
Then there are others who, I mean, maybe they understand the sign, they see the light, they hear the bell, and they mean to stop, but then they look at their watch and they realize they're running late and they just can't afford any more trouble at work, so they feel compelled to go for it. And maybe there's others who they see and hear, but, but then they get distracted. They change the station on the radio, or the kids are yelling in the back seat, or maybe they're texting their husband, what's for supper? Whether they just flat out don't get it, or their troubles override their intent, or they get distracted by other things, they just don't respond appropriately with the right action. And it does not turn out well. Y'all love people too. The number one response to the question, what do you love most about WUMC, was overwhelmingly the people. Out of 99 responses, 56 people, well over half of you, said that what you love most at Westlake is the people. So y'all have to keep coming back because y'all are what attracts each other here. The number two answer was the level of service and mission work that this church is involved in. See, y'all love people. Turn to the person next to you and say, I love you. <laughs> Y'all love people. You love each other. Those of you who, who come here regularly to gather for worship. And you love and want to serve the people outside these walls. That's great. It's amazing. Seed has been sown in you that hasn't been snatched away. There's seed that's been sown in you that has managed to sprout. And some of it's even grown into, mature, into maturity. Some of those plants have even begun to bear fruit. We want to sow seeds also in the hearts of all those we meet. And we want it to take root and we want it to grow. That's what Jesus calls us to do, to sow seed with gracious abandon, to broadly cast the gospel without any concern for the yield, which is really hard, especially when in the most recent decades it's felt a little bit like the Great Depression for the church. It feels as though the market has crashed, and as we struggle to recover from some of these steep declines, we do find ourselves wanting to study the landscape, to evaluate the soil, which is not necessarily a bad thing. I think that's okay. I mean, it is helpful to know those in whom we sow. We talked about that last week. It's not that we're going to be protective of our seed, that we're going to hold back. We'll still sow with abandon, but it's like my granddaddy. We want to stack the deck in our favor. So we do. We study the demographics. We can't necessarily cultivate the condition of another person's heart, but we can cultivate our message 
and our delivery method. Again, like we talked about last week, we can preach a sermon that can be heard so that the gospel is fresh and relevant to this generation because we do. We do want the seed that we sow to germinate. We want the hearts of all the people we meet to experience those seeds of hope and love sprouting up in them. We want it to grow to maturity. We want that seed to produce a yield, even against all odds. Because frankly, it's kind of a miracle that any seed eventually yields a crop, given the many different types of soils and the many ways in which they can be unprepared. Odds are the seed will be lost. There are many types of people out in our community sitting here in this room. There are those who come to church because they're seeking. They're trying to figure out this church thing. Some people are church shopping, trying to figure out where their home's going to be. Some who come to church come because they want their kids to be exposed to the Bible, to Scripture. Some come for their spouse. There are people who come here because they're in crisis. All soils that need tending. My own heart needs tending on a regular basis. So I am very grateful that God continuously sows generously into my life because some seed doesn't sprout. Some sprouts up quickly, but it gets snatched away because what I worry most about is whether or not I'm going to be liked. There's grace that grows up in my heart only to be choked out by what my greatest distraction can sometimes be is self-induced busyness. Sometimes television. I can binge watch Netflix with the best of them. And every now and then, there's a seed that manages to grow, even to maturity, and bears some fruit in me and through me. And every single time that happens, it's a miracle. I am grateful for our sower who so freely sows love. And I'm especially grateful that it's God's love that ultimately produces the harvest. A sevenfold yield was a really good crop. Tenfold, that was true abundance. If a farmer experienced a 30-fold crop, that could feed an entire village for a year. To have a hundred-fold yield, a farmer would be set for life. Our job is to sow seed with as much generous abandon as God. And like we said last week, Jesus does not give up. Despite his heartbreak over the many in whom his seed didn't seem to grow, Jesus spends the final 15 chapters of Matthew 
sowing seed. And he doesn't worry about the seed that's lost. Though he does eventually stack the deck, but in our favor, not his. When he goes all in and casts himself as the ultimate seed before those who would sow him in a dark, empty tomb where there is no light, there is no moisture, there's no soil to take root in. Yet against all odds, God produces the most miraculous yield of all. A yield that not only sets that farmer up for life, but all of us. Y'all, we are set for life. And ultimately, it has nothing at all to do with us. Because of the generous sower and because of God's miraculous yield, we are set for life. Eternal life. Thanks be to God. Amen.